I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I've had to pull back a little bit from reading the news lately. Um, not that I've stopped. I need to keep abreast of the main things that are happening. But uh, since about 2008, I've been quite a news hound and tracking everything that's happening politically and um, uh, of, in subjects that are of interest to me. And um, in recent times, I, it, it just has been somewhat overwhelming to encounter all the bad news and the, the continued flood of bad news that, um, that cascades down what I experience as my feed. And so given that uh, perspective on the world, and, and it's, I, I share with uh, millennials and younger that, um, that doomist emotional reality. There's, a, there's an expression called, if you're a doomer, you, you just think it's all doom. There's no hope for humanity. It's all going to collapse. And I haven't gone there, but I feel the feelings. And I certainly feel them when I see the news feed in all of its glory. So all that is to set the context for me saying that it's lamentations that really speaks to me this morning. And there's a thread through the scriptures that spoke quite powerfully to me that I'm going to share with you. And I have to start by putting Lamentations in context. First of all, it's a great book. It's a short book. Um, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Um, it's all of four chapters long. Um, and it's a, it's a doomer's lament. And all you need to know about Lamentations in order to understand where it's coming from is that it is attributed to Jeremiah when he saw Jerusalem being overwhelmed and sacked and murdered by uh, the invaders, the Assyrians, as it, were, as it was at the time, or might have been the Babylonians. No, it was the Babylonians. Um, all the EFM grads can correct me on that. So, the, um, so he watched his country, his people, being invaded, murdered, slaughtered, dragged away into slavery, and Lamentations is his lament about it. And so uh, that, that sense of doom, there's, there's no hope left for Israel, is that place from which he was coming. Um, and, of course, resonates emotionally with where I get to in my heart when I read about wealth inequality and uh, indigenous people's experience and uh, climate change and so forth. And on climate change, I just learned a new expression. Even though I've pulled back, I learned that we're in a heat dome um, which is a new thing and the scary thing. So here we are experiencing all these things that are big and terrifying and beyond any of our control, and it's easy to have that sense of doom. And, uh, and, and there's also a sense of um, we should have known this was coming. In all of these cases, there have been prophetic voices telling us these things are going to have consequences that we will regret. And if we had only listened to them sooner, we might have a, had a different reality than we do in the present. And yet here we are. And Jeremiah stands in that line of prophets saying, you've got to turn around. You have to find that moral center and reclaim it, that moral center that is your heritage as a nation, as the people of God. And if you don't, then the consequences will ensue. And so the lamentation comes after the consequences have ensued. And so as we endure a heat 
dome like we have never experienced before, as we struggle with the impact of wealth inequality in our society, as we continue to deal with the ongoing revelations of how bad the residential school systems were for the Indigenous peoples, all these things put us in that place where, like Jeremiah, we we, 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 we don't lose hope. We, are, we, we feel like we are losing hope. And this brings me to the point of my sermon, because the bit of Lamentations that we read today is the first bit of Jeremiah where he talks about hope. And if you only saw this section, it would sound a little bit Pollyannish, um, that sort of blithe, well, you know, a bit of suffering's good for you. And that's exactly the wrong message to take away from this perspective, or this, this passage, because if you put it in the book of Lamentations, the book is this long, and this section is this big. So the hope is a glimmer that Jeremiah is clinging on to when his heart is telling him there is no hope. So he looks at the devastation, he looks at the facts on the ground, and there is no reason to believe that this is anything other than the end of Israel. For all its sins, the beautiful things about it will be gone too. And yet, because he is a theologian, because he is a man of God, because he is a believer, he says, and yet, even now, I have to believe that God is good and that God's love is everlasting, that God's love doesn't go away. And so whatever the future may be, there is a future with God, even if I can't see it right now. And that, for me, is the good news for when I get into that place of doom when I read the news. And so that, um, that business about a little suffering is good for you is something that I, I just want to look a little bit closer at because it's the kind of thing that can be abused. Um, and all I will say is no one can ever tell anyone else that a little bit of suffering is good for them that from a place of comfort and privilege, you don't get to say that. It's only when we are in our pain and our doom and our vulnerability and our brokenness where we can say to ourselves that maybe this suffering can be transformed and transformative for me. Maybe good can come out of this. And so, yes, if I had never had hardship, I wouldn't have any empathy for those who have hardship. It's because of the hardships in my life that I've developed some of my empathy and some of my character. Yes, that's true, but that's for me to work on in my own journey. That's not for me to tell you to do in your journey. So I, I, I share that part of the tradition because it is a word to each of us when we are in our pain, our brokenness, our trauma, our baggage, whatever it is that we're carrying that is weighing us down and causing us to lose hope. That, and the message is even this can be turned into something holy and good. God can transform even this. And so with that in mind, I turn to the gospel. The gospel is the classic Markin sandwich, another reference for our EFM folks, um, where Mark does the, the main story, and then he sandwiches a little mini-story in the middle, and then he comes back to the main story at the end. And the main story is about Jairus' daughter, who is ill at the beginning, and Jairus comes to Jesus and begs him to come and heal his daughter, and then uh, Jesus sets out, and before we get to finish the story, he has the story of the woman with the hemorrhage. And what the sandwich does is that it takes two miracle stories, and it makes a point by contrasting the two. And the contrast between the two is precisely about the question of hope. Because 
Jairus and all the people around uh, the child have lost hope. She's already dead. You're too late. And the contrast is with the woman with the hemorrhage who doesn't even need Jesus to acknowledge her or know that she's there. But her faith and her hope is so strong that she says to herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, then I will experience the healing. And it happens, and Jesus notices and acknowledges it. And so the contrast is between the woman with the hemorrhage, who had the kind of hope and faith that says, I just have to believe that God is with this man and that God will touch me if I touch him. And the contrast between her and between all the people around the child who said, it's too late. Nothing can be done. It's over. And so you see the connection that I'm drawing between the family around the dead child and Jeremiah weeping over Israel. And Jeremiah clinging to that shred of hope, which we don't see in the gospel. And of course, Jesus does raise the daughter. Um, They all laugh at him. She's just sleeping. They have this little exchange. And he calls her out, and she rises from what seemed to be death. And the message couldn't be clearer that God can transform even things that seem hopeless to us. And so this is what my takeaway is for these readings for this Sunday, is that when I am emotionally in that place of doom, that I need to hang on theologically to that trust that God can transform even things that seem hopeless. And so when things seem hopeless to me, I have to be Uh, I have to go back to my faith, to my faith tradition, and to my trust in God. And that's ultimately the question for me this morning, is do I really trust God, or do I only trust God when I feel like I've got things under control? And, And it's not in the lectionary this morning, but I'm reminded of, you know, when I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Um... And that is so true. When things are going well, we feel that we're blessed and God is with us and all the rest of it. But this set of readings is for those other times when we feel like all is lost. There is no way out of this. It's over. And the message couldn't be clearer that it's never over until God says it's over. And God's love is everlasting and is never over. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.